welcome. Happy Monday, and thanks for checking in here wherever we find you on this day. So with Remembrance Day on the weekend, uh, some places uh, honored the day by uh, taking Friday off, others Monday, and of course our school system, both. Uh, but so today, a bit of a slow day, a number of government offices closed, and uh, I'm glad you've stopped in here with us. Well, a shout out of uh, magnificent proportions to the Saskatoon Hilltops, who could not be beaten this year, beating the West Shore Rebels out on Vancouver Island Saturday to win a 23rd Canadian Junior football title. If there is a more successful football franchise anywhere in this country, than the Saskatoon Hilltops that have literally generations of excellence and winning. Oh, they are wonderful. Tom Sargent, the entire team, congrats to you all. It, the only problem is when you're as good as the Hilltops, a lot of fans have that expectation that this is just what you do every year. Excellence is not something that drops on your head, of course. There has to be a culture. There has to be just harder work than everybody else and uh, incredible teamwork. Well, on the show today, a lot of things here. We're going to check in with uh, Tom Karik. He is the commissioner of the OPP, the Ontario Provincial Police, also a board member on the Canadian Association of Chiefs of Police. It has been one of the worst years in recorded history for officers dying and being murdered in the line of duty. Also, officer injury around the country. We'll check in with Commissioner Karik a little bit later on, talk about that. And the debate that for years, I know in my Ottawa life, anytime you were stopped at a red light and there was one car in the right-hand turning lane that wouldn't turn, you'd always look and it was a Quebec plate. Because in Quebec, there has been a set of laws historically many municipalities don't allow a red turn on red light a right turn on red lights now the movement shall we say is starting to spread across north america are you buying in or not now, i say no but we'll give you the pros and the cons a little bit later on and then i want your calls okay as we get underway today it was uh, a weekend of more uh, violence. The uh, Yeshiva Gadola in Montreal, Jewish school, targeted with gunfire yesterday. The second time in four days, somebody opened fire on the school. Uh, you also had vigorous protests chanting from the river to the sea, which is thinly veiled code for the Jordan River to the Mediterranean Sea. There will be no Israel. And for some people, there will be no Jews living in Israel or anywhere else. Uh, rowdy protests. A man charged in Calgary with hate speech. Another charged in Ottawa with inciting hatred. So the police are now starting to jump in on some of these protests. House of Commons last week passing a motion condemning Hamas, demanding the release of hostages. But this is an issue that has galvanized Canadians like no other in recent years. So to give us a sense of what's going on in the nation's capital, I wanted to start the week with the great Tom Korski, co-founder and managing editor of Black Locks Reporter, and we find him in the nation's capital today. Hey, Tom, uh, great to have you here. Well, thank you very much, John. By the way, congratulations on 25 years. <laughs> and we always say, anyone who can leave a newsroom after 25 years on their own terms under their own steam 
I mean, that's a great day. I, there are literally more Canadians who have gone into outer space than have been able to do that in the Canadian news business. Good for you, John. Oh, thank you, my friend. Very kind. The announcement last week, and actually I spent the three-day weekend doing absolutely nothing except being overwhelmed by so many. I had 450 emails and texts, uh, many of them from listeners I'd never met, but just the nicest people in the world. So I responded That's fantastic. to each That was good. That's fantastic. So this is the uh, second last week. Two weeks from today, Evan Bray will be in this uh, chair, so it'll be good. But Tom, I want to walk, have you walk us through. Um, has there been an issue that, while nuanced for some, uh, has divided even party caucuses like this one has? Yes, but more importantly, no. And I'll tell you, I, I can explain that enigmatic remark. Something happened in this country on Parliament Hill on October 7th. And what happened was we know that there are friends of the Palestinians and friends of uh, Muslim countries, the Muslim Association. We know there are those people exist in, in Senate and House of Commons caucuses. But they're staying out of it, John, because something happened on October 7th. There was this, you know... There was this wave of revulsion from Middle Canada over what had happened to uh, Jews, including Canadians, with the murders and the kidnappings in Israel. And I think this has been a source of amazement and frustration for people who don't see it just that way. And it's too bad for them. But we know there are MPs and some senators who would love to speak out and talk about the nuances. And it's, you know, that Hamas does not represent all Gaza residents, and it's very complicated. And they're not getting into it because I think there, it was one of those galvanizing moments, and it just clicked Middle Canada said, that's enough of that. They said, my goodness, we had no idea what was happening at our universities. I can tell you an example. Did you know the Senate Human Rights Committee, since October 7th, has issued a report on Islamophobia? I bet you did not, because no, no one was interested. Isn't that interesting? So, in the, so, so Middle Canada, and you put it very well, a switch was was flicked. So this is the politicians' understanding that most Canadians don't equivocate, don't nuance. There's a pretty clear moral imperative here. Absolutely. And I think this is just my two cents, John. We have no state-prescribed religion or language or folk dance in our country because otherwise we'd be at each other's throats. Live and let live. And I think to an unsubtle observer... Canada looks like a big blank piece of paper, just a big white piece of paper. They don't see the profundity of it. And I think there's an assumption, and perhaps in particular on, some, on the behalf of some of these street protesters, that they have a much more rich and vibrant culture, They're just boiling with ancient grievances, and they want to color in that white space. It doesn't work that way, John. When we talk about multiculturalism, we really mainly talk about the food. It's the food we like. Yes. But we all have our own cultures, and we all have our own stories. And live and let live. I'll tell you, there was a protest by a group called Labor for Palestine. They are unaffiliated with any union. And they were swarming MPs and senators on the way to Manitoba caucus last week. That's how out of touch 
some of the people on the other side are. I, I think they're getting the blowback now, and that's why so many legislators are quiet. So is this sense then by, because the the protests that have been going on in Calgary, in Toronto, in Ottawa, have been very noisy on behalf of the Palestinians and Hamas, but again, the counter-protests are fewer, but they appear to be larger. I don't, and I also think many of them are frankly unnecessary. This is aside from the serious security issues you mentioned, like people trying to shoot up a, a Jewish kindergarten in Montreal. I The Prime Minister's comment on this was just about the plainest language I've ever heard him use. Absolutely unequivocal. Speak up for Jews. Stand up for Jews. They don't have to put up with this. We can't have this. I think he said that because he got the Middle Canada message, too. So when we see, for instance, outside of Manitoba caucus, there was a senator, Manitoba Senator Don Platt, opposition leader in the Senate, He's driving a caucus. He sees these protesters, as he depicted it, 30 to 40 swarming cars because they wanted to hand out what were, frankly, anti-Israel pamphlets. And he wasn't interested. So they jumped on his car and they pounded on the windshield. And he said, where's security? Look at the Freedom Convoy. All of a sudden, that was a national emergency. Where is the security now? That's Middle Canada talking. I think that's where we are, John. Now, the prime minister, and you you characterized it well, was absolutely unequivocal. But then last week, several times, uh, he would return to anti-Semitism, pause, and then say, and Islamophobia. And uh, for a lot of us, I mean, we know why he's doing it, but is that necessary? I don't think it is necessary. And I think they see it, cabinet sees it, as the least that they can get away with. Whether there are members of cabinet, and we don't know this, but whether there are members of cabinet who are advocates, well, let's be frank, the Minister of Foreign Affairs seems confused on much of the nuance involved in this. You are not going to get past the repulsion of what happened on October 7th. It's that plan. There are how many people in my hometown couldn't find Israel on a map, John? But what happened on October 7th, those could have been your children. Everyone understands that. A bunch of kids out having, attending a music concert. Are you kidding me? Those are your sons and daughters. And what is Israel asking us? They're not asking for Canadians to fight for them. They're not asking for billions in foreign aid or a million visas for refugees. All they're asking for is support for Jewish Canadians. That's the least that Cabinet can provide, and I think I think Cabinet got that message. Tom Korski, founder, managing editor, Blacklocks reporter. Always good having you by, my friend, and thanks for starting the week with us. Thank you, John. Tom Korski, in Ottawa, and Blacklocks reporter, by the way, created by journalists, a number of them you know. It is a subscription news service that does what journalism used to do. They go to parliamentary committees. They requisition documents under access to information. And in terms of a finger on the pulse of what's going on in the nation's capital, there are no better than Blacklock's reporter. I'm John Gormley. Good to have you here. The hour of the big story comes up, and gosh, have we got a lineup. Nick Marshall, pretty impressive defensive back with the Riders, facing a serious firearms charge in Columbus, Georgia. Uh, We support our students, some teachers say, so they sign a petition opposing the provincial government's 
so-called pronouns law, but then they say, we're going to break the law. Well, my answer is really simple. Let's just save everybody some time. If your principles guide you, teachers, to do this, why don't you just resign and protest? Because this is not going to end well. You're going to end up having someone resign you if this is the way you want to roll. There aren't many teachers who believe this. Even fewer of them will be canned, but fired they will be, and they should be. We'll talk more about that. And the weekend that was, the day that is, everything here on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM. Checking in, uh, and I hope your weekend uh, you were able to have some commemoration in your household uh, for Remembrance Day. And if you uh, went to one of the large events around the province, uh, Saskatoon, Sastel Centre, Regina's Brant Centre, still in terms of indoor commemorative ceremonies among the largest in Canada every year, and it, I think, speaks so highly of Saskatchewan people, our connection every year to Remembrance Day, and why it is we remember, obviously going back to the armistice of 1918 that ended the First World War, and hence the year, two years later, in 1920, when the Commonwealth world began commemorating armistice or Remembrance Day. But since that time, a Second World War, Korea, peacekeeping, Of course, a lengthy engagement in Afghanistan where 154 Canadians died. It is a time when we remember those who made the ultimate sacrifice, but as well, those who serve and those who have served. So thank you for doing what you've done on that. Um, I had an interesting uh, Remembrance Day. I've often gone to different commemorative ceremonies, but I was in northern Saskatchewan at Prince Albert National Park at Waskasu. And every single year on the banks, on the shores of the lake, there is a ceremony. Might be 25 people, some of them year-round Waskasu people, many of them Parks Canada employees, uh, others, families that come up for the weekend. They lay wreaths and the, uh, it was a really moving little ceremony. And they play the last post, uh, play recordings of uh, Flanders Fields and the call to arms and It was just a really fitting moment. And the fact that so many of them were young children and grandchildren and uh, gives you a great deal of hope that Canadians will not forget. Well, you want to look at things we'll be talking about? Oh, we've got a few. The hour of the big stories now on 980 CJME and 650 CKOM.